0: get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, try to become the best version of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube um, and also anywhere that you can get your podcast. So this is just going to be audio. There's no video for this one. I'm actually in Louisville, Kentucky right now for Last to Leaders. And so I'm in my hotel room and it's like 1130. And so you know how you're tired, but you can't go to sleep? It's that weird in-between space. And so I'm sitting here with my Bible open. I was just like, well, let's record. <laughs> you know, let's, let's record a podcast, you know? So um, this is kind of what I want to talk about as we're kind of looking through some stuff tonight. I want to talk about the the topic of, it's it's entitled like this. You may have given up on yourself, but but I haven't. You may have given up on yourself, but I haven't. Well, what does that mean? So I had a conversation with someone, and again, if you hear honking, you know, it's it's a street, so it's it's outside. So here here's where this conversation come, came from. This this person I had this conversation with when, when we talked about the scripture, this person talked about how you know the, the Lord has been so merciful to this person. The Lord has always helped this person. The Lord has been patient and been kind and just been so, um, you know, been such a great father to him. And he mentioned, you know, a lot of times what can happen is sometimes we feel like, sometimes we feel like we've given up on ourselves. And, And that's, that's a big, that's a big problem you know, that still happens today is a lot of people have given up on themselves. And the sad part about it is, it's like, you still do the motions, though. And what I mean by the motions is, like, you will still attend worship, like you will still attend extra stuff. But it's almost like you've almost built this barrier where you will come and you will attend, but you will not excel. And you will not you will not change at all. Because you feel like you've already given up on yourself. Does that make sense? And so have you ever been in that in that stage in your life where maybe it's because of sin? Maybe it's because of your own personal circumstances in your mind different than everybody else's. You know, maybe it's what you've seen growing up, right? Maybe it's all this. Maybe it's a combination of all three. But have you ever been in this state? In your Christian walk where you just you've almost kind of written yourself off. And you've almost written yourself off to the point where you feel like you're not like you can't receive anything good. Does that make sense? Like you can't you feel like you can't receive anything good. And so I was reading the book and I mentioned this in the um in the previous podcast about the abundance mindset. And here's the thing about that too guys and this was this was extremely extremely interesting and in my opinion, I believe we have a lot of people in this state in the church. I think a lot of people are here and it's tough to get I don't want to say it's tough to get out of it, but you have to realize that you're in this position and this is what the position I'm talking about. you ever pray to the Lord about things? And pray for wants, pray for desires, pray for things to happen in your life. And then, you know, opportunities may come in, people may come in. But then it's almost like it's hard to see and accept certain things. And, and, And as we kind of talk about that a little bit more, you know, in the abundance mindset... It says this is, this is a main problem. And this was extremely interesting, guys, that I wanted you guys to see this. So he talked about God and God blessing us and this concept of giving up on ourselves. And he says sometimes, and think about this, guys, I want you to really sit here and think about this with me. He says sometimes it's hard for us to learn to receive blessings properly think about that with me for a minute guys just real i'm i'm ser- seriously think about it sometimes it's hard for us to learn to receive blessings properly so here's what here's what he means by that sometimes the lord in our lives sometimes he has sent us blessings But because we don't know how to receive those blessings, because we've already written ourselves off, we won't accept them and we'll push those blessings away and then we'll say, well, God doesn't want me to have that. You see what I'm saying? So we'll say stuff like, well, I guess the Lord didn't want that. How do you know that? How do you know that that actually is what the Lord wants you to want you to have? But because of your own personal fear and because of what you feel about yourself, you push it away because you don't know how to accept something good. And here's the crazy thing about it, guys. Sometimes it's it's literally as simple as like accepting small things. You know what I mean? Like, And here's, we have to retrain ourselves to receive blessings properly. We all want blessings. We all want things, but you have to know how to receive it. So So, for example, for example, let's say... Let's say you're here with me right now and let's say you help me to get food for lunch for everybody, which is a task, right? If you've never been here, it's a task. It's, it's, a, it's not difficult, but it takes some logistics. So let's say you help me in aiding lunch for everybody here. So then after that's over, I realize that I couldn't have done that without your help and I'm extremely thankful for you. And so after it's over, after everybody's enjoyed their lunch, I come up to you. And out of the genuineness, because I'm so thankful for your help, I'll say something like, hey, bro, or hey, you know, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you helping me out with this. Because literally, I mean, I, it was so great to have somebody else to help me. It made my job easier. And so when we have things like that, you know. Somebody's appreciation for you, guess what that is, everybody? That's a blessing. When someone in this life truly appreciates you, that's a blessing that we miss out on all the time. There's so many people that that appreciate us and that says they appreciate us. but But here's the thing about it. So what did he just say? He said, we have to learn how to receive blessings. So the blessing that was given was true, genuine appreciation. But then this is what we do. And sometimes I find myself doing this. Sometimes when someone else truly appreciates us, sometimes we downplay the appreciation that they're trying to give us. So, you know, if I help somebody do something, and they really appreciate it. I say, and I say something like, well, no, it really wasn't anything. I really didn't. It, it was nothing bro broad. I didn't really help you that much. You know what I'm saying? So think about it from their perspective. They know you did help me, but we kind of downplay it. So guess what? That's a sign of. We still don't know how to receive a blessing properly. So then when something major happens in your life, if we don't know how to accept the small things, how are we going to accept the big things and the big people that we need to accept? So th- this topic, guys, of maybe you're in this space where you've already given up on yourself. And I hate seeing my friends in that space. I, I just don't like it. That's kind of my one of my personal pet peeves. I don't like to see my friends in that space. And so he goes on to say about learning to receive blessings properly. He says if they're personal gifts or favors, he says this just learn to be gracious and accept them. You know, it's so easy when someone shows us appreciation to quickly deflect it. Ah, uh, it was nothing. Ah, uh, it's really not anything big. Ah, uh, it's. So guess what? When you think that about what someone else thinks about what you did for them, that's how you view yourself. Ah, uh, I'm really not anything. Uh, I'm really not nothing. Uh, I'm really not that special. That's how you view yourself. And so the thing about that is, guys, we have to learn to grow out of that. And literally, here's how we do it. When someone shows that appreciation without going left field on that stuff, just say two words. Thank you. Or you're welcome. Th- saying those things when someone shows true, genuine appreciation, and remember, we're, we're not talking about flattery here. We're talking about true appreciation. If you learn just to say you're welcome, or thank you, or I appreciate it. If you just learn to say that, that's it. That's your learning. You're learning to accept a blessing. But this is what he goes on to say. And this is interesting. And I really want y'all to listen to this and hone in. He says, if they're personal gifts or favors, you must learn just to be gracious and accept them. But he says, do not resist them. So often, we feel unworthy or guilty. Listen to me now, guys. So often, we feel unworthy or guilty when great things happen to us, have you guys ever been there, and are you there now and let me ask you this question have you have you been presented with something that's great, but you push something great away? I've done that too, so just kind of as a you know funny secular example, there was a time in my life guys where um, I felt like I couldn't I don't want to say I wasn't worthy. I don't want to I don't want to say that. But I felt like I didn't I guess the best wording I can think of right now on the spot is I didn't felt I didn't feel deserving of something better. And so, if anybody knows me from preaching school to when I got out, they know how <laughs> They know how rinky-dink my car was, but I love that car, right? I mean, that car literally, you turn the car on, you could you could literally hear it from a mile away, like when it turned on. I mean, it w- it got me from point A to B, though, right? I love that car, but in my mind, because because physically and because of my job and other things, I was always in a state of kind of just making it or struggling. I didn't feel like I deserved better than what I had. So I I had gotten to the point where there's a difference between contentment and just, I'm um, just satisfied. I had gotten to the point where I didn't want greater. I got to the point where I was just satisfied. And sometimes that's the excuse that, that we use if we're in that state. We confuse contentment with satisfaction. And so I was like satisfied with where I was. I can't go any lower, but I really don't want to go any higher. Think about think about that. I can't really go any lower than where I'm at right now, but I don't want to go any higher. So, I'm just I'm just satisfied with what I got. Or this is what I deserve or I don't deserve anything greater than what I have. And so when I began to work and I got a new car, for like the first month I didn't feel like that car was mine the the current car that I had I didn't feel like I didn't feel like it was mine because I I was still in that mindset of I need to go back to it I'm worthy of a rinky dink thing you know I don't this is too nice for me this is I'm not I don't need to go this far you know what I'm saying and sometimes we can do that we can do that with ourselves we can do that with people. We can do that with job opportunities. We can always feel this sense of satisfaction. You know, like you you, you don't want to go lower, but you don't want to do anything else either. And so, you know, he goes on to talk about that so often we feel unworthy or guilty when great things happen. And so when something great happens to you, when something great is presented and you're in that space, you're in that space where you feel unworthy, where you feel like you you don't deserve what's coming your way, naturally, guess what you're always going to do to those people and those opportunities? You'll find a way to push them away because internally, only you know, you know that you feel like I just don't, I don't deserve something great. And guys, you know what that attitude can do? And this is sad, but I'm saying this because I love you guys dearly. That attitude is a gateway to, to hell. Because guess what you'll always believe? You'll always believe that whatever Jesus and God can do for you, you'll always believe that you can't accept it. Because you look too much at yourself and you look at too much at what you're not and you always feel unworthy and the Lord will continuously put people and blessings in your life and you'll always push them away. And so then we're always in this state of, well, I guess the Lord didn't want that for me. Is it? Is it him though? Or is it? Is it, is it God in your way or is it you that's in your own way? He goes on to say, we must remember that Jesus wants us to have an abundant life and he provides us with wonderful blessings. We should not push blessings away. You know, guys, sometimes a lot of us become professional blessing pushers where the Lord is just, I mean, he's He's presented it. He's, he's given it. He's shown it to you. But it's almost like you just, you find a way To either convince yourself or you go to people that will continuously convince you that you're okay. That, oh, that was the right thing to do. God, I just don't want you guys to stay in that mindset because. I'm just tired of seeing people. You know, kind of give up on themselves. You know that they had this. They had this attitude where they just. They've given up. You know what I mean? And here is the thing about it this this thing we we have to understand that yes, I I can't do anything to repay the Lord. I can't do anything to repay Him for His sacrifice. John three sixteen, Philippians chapter two. I can't. I can't repay that. And I am. I am. You know. You talk about the worthiness. It's an amazing thing that the Lord in Romans He said you are justified. He said, you're an heir. You know, he said, you know, you're sons and daughters. And so here's the thing about it, guys. It, it's like we have to get to the point where we stop fighting God on this. Because th- this feeling of always having this feeling of uncertainty, I mean, that becomes a weight in of itself, guys. And it's just... If you're in that state where you've already given up on yourself, you know what I mean? I just don't want you guys to be there. Because here's what's going to happen, too. If you give up on yourself, like we talked about with that contentment and satisfaction, your standards for everything will always be low. Because again, you don't want to go higher, you don't want to go higher. So here's, here's what, now let's kind of transition to this part here. You may have given up on yourself, but I haven't. So do you know friends, maybe family members, maybe brethren that you know personally at your local congregation, that you know that they've already kind of almost given up on themselves? You know that they're professional blessing pushers. And, and here's the thing, and I talked to Christian Franklin about this. Here's the thing about the blessing pushers. The blessing pushers will always find an excuse to push a blessing away. So remember, remember in Matthew with the with the talents? And the five-talent man doubled his, the two doubled his, but the one, he always made excuses of why he couldn't do it. You know, that's also another symptom of someone who's given up on themselves is they will keep it's almost like it's it's clockwork. They will always have something to say and they will always have like another reason to, quote unquote, justify why their decision was right. I've been there, too. I, I really don't deserve this. So, I mean, I really don't want to look for another job because, you know, I'm just going to say here, I really don't want to excel. I really don't you know it is it's this it's a it's a mindset guys that you have to rip out of so let's say you know somebody in that mindset so what do you do with them how do you help them how do you encourage them to get out of that quicksand that has them stuck here's how we do it from scripture number 1 you can't force it i think about luke 15 a lot you can't force it. Now, you may be on the other side of the quicksand, meaning you know what it's like to be in their position. You know what it's like to push away blessings and push away things and push away people. You know what it's like to always make excuses about everything. Like you always got a lined up excuse. You know what that, you know what that life is like. So now you're on the other side of that quicksand. So now here's what you can't do and here's what I can't do. You can't force, you can't force the issue. So just as other people and just as God was patient with you when you were in the quicksand, you have to be patient with someone else when they're in the quicksand too. And sometimes it could, when you get out of the quicksand, now you see how frustrating it is to see somebody else that was in the same position as you using the same excuse that you did of why they don't want to get up out of that quicksand. Now you, see what, now you see the patience and the love and the concern that everybody else had for you when you were stuck. So now you're the wise one. Now you understand how much patience it takes. So I think about the father in Luke 15. The son wanted what he wanted, right? So the father never really pushed the issue for him to make a different decision. Now, could he have... Is it, is it, the text doesn't say, but hypothetically speaking, is it possible that he could have wanted his son to stay? I'm sure he did, being a good father. I'm sure he wanted his son to stay. But the father didn't, he didn't push the issue with it. He listened to the request, he let him go. And sometimes, and I learned this from, You know, from my parents, and I learned this from others too, there's always two types of people that are stuck in the quicksand. There's the option A, there's the ones that when they're presented with what they need to do, and they see it's a better way, they'll take it. But then there's others who, they have to try it their way. They have to. It's almost like a, it's almost like they have to see it for themselves first you know it it's like that kid you know and i was that guy <laughs> i was that kid too but it was like that kid that sees that um sees the hot stove and for the other three kids you know when they're told not to touch it they won't touch it but then you got the one that says well i need to see why i don't need to touch it so you touch it and then you find out the hard way you know so some people you got to be patient with because some will listen real quick but then some they will continue to justify why they're stuck in the quicksand, and they will keep justifying that the decision that I'm making is the right one. And so when someone has come to that point in their life where they feel like this decision that I made is the right one, you trying to convince them out of it is not going to work. It's just not. Sometimes you just have to let people go through it. You just got to let them go through and so that's what the prodigal son was. The prodigal son, I got to try it. And so he did. He tried it. But then, you know, he came out of it wiser, right? So he he figured out let me go back to my father. And so sometimes what what we can be for our friends and for those that are local congregations and those around us, what we need to be for them is I like to call it, um, being the rope. So what do you mean by being the rope? You know, I think about the prodigal son stuck in the mud. I think about, you know, his state of mind. And I think about a rope that has been extended. So if, if somebody throws a rope to you, that's an avenue of escape. That's an avenue of let's get up out of this mud and let's go, let's go somewhere else. Let, let's be better. Let's do better. But even though the rope was thrown, you can't make somebody grab the rope. So the thing about it is, if you're going to throw the rope, you have to be patient enough to let them grab it. You know, you got to grab it on. The, they they got to grab it on their own because now after they grab it on their own. Now you can really work with them. You can really work with your friend, with those at the local congregation. Why? Because they're doing it on their own volition rather than you convincing them to do it. So this is why Paul told Timothy that the servant of God must be apt to teach, but he must be patient as well. And so I know that, you know, people were patient with me. I know that people were patient with others. So now others that I see that are in quicksand that keep convincing themselves, I want to stay here and not change and not do anything different. Guess what I have to be for them? I got to be patient for them, just like others were patient for me. So you can't force the issue. You, You cannot force the issue. Then number two, how else do we help our friends in that situation? When they grab the rope, be ready for him. When they grab the rope, be ready for him. So when the the prodigal son came back home in Luke 15, (coughs) excuse me. So as he's coming back in Luke 15, and as he's coming back and he understands that he needs to come back home to his father, who runs towards him? The father runs. So, when people are ready to take the rope, be ready for them. Be ready for them. So I think about the beauty of servitude. And I think about the beauty of ministry. You know when I think about it, guys, there's been there's been nights where people have called at two in the morning. People have called at 1 30. People have called at midnight. And guess what that is? They grab the rope. So when they grab the rope, we got to be ready to pull them up. Because, again, the thing about quicksand, if you don't get pulled up off the rope, you'll just go down deeper. So now we got to be ready. We got to be ready for them when they're ready to, to pull the rope. You know, one of the greatest things to see, and this is just me personally. It's a beautiful thing to see when your friends, when some people you care about, your family, when you see them stuck and you see them continuously make excuses of why they're doing what they're doing is right. And then, you know, weeks go by, months go by, a year goes by. And you don't know what it is because you don't know what's been going on in their life but you notice that something is different something changed something happened you can't explain it you don't know but there's been a there's something happened in their life that that it was it's a, something clicked the light bulb finally came off and when it came off a sunday at worship a wednesday at worship after after service is over after after you know whatever's over, that you 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 get this, they hit you with this. Hey, you got a second can we talk? The light went off. Sure, yeah, for sure, yeah, we can talk and then they they proceed to say, you know, I now see what the Bible's talking about or they proceed to say, man things have just gotten way harder. They proceed to say, I don't know where to go from here. You know, that's the point where when someone comes to you talking like that, now you see the real person. Because the person that you've met before wasn't real. Now you see the vulnerable, the real person that really needs your help. And now they're coming to you. So now we have to be that olive branch. We have to be that father that runs towards them and say let's open up the bible and let's work let's do it let's do it together let's do it together now that's that is one of the most beautiful processes ever ever i mean it's it's every time it happens it's great i mean it's like a it's like a i don't know i can't explain it it's a shot of something you know what i'm saying it, i don't know it's just it's a great feeling because it's not like you convince them to come to you it's not like you pressured them. It's not like you, have you know, it's not like you were passive aggressive with it. It was, you just let them live. Let them make their choices. Let them make their decisions. Let them make their mistakes. Let, let them do whatever they feel like they need to do. And after they're done, if they, if they, now sometimes they never come back, but the ones that do come back, it's a special feeling. So think about the father. Can you imagine him waiting for his son and visualizing the day that he would see his friend again? Visualizing the day where he would see his son. And day after day after day, he visualizes it like it's real. And then one day he gets up And it really happens. Has that ever happened to you before? Like when you visualize something, like you want something to happen and then it actually happens. It kind of freaks you out for a second, doesn't it? You're like, wait, you kind of rub your eyes. You kind of step back like this is real. Like it's really happening right now. You know what I mean? And the father, I see why the text says he ran to him, hugged him, kissed him, celebrated him. And so that's really our third one there. After they come to you and you're working together now, now it's time for celebration. (laughs) It's time for celebration. You know, um, when you think of that word celebration, sometimes we kind of, we kind of, um, there's a connotation of reveling. There's a connotation of, you know, a a party, a rave, whatever it is. But here's what we have to do as well. And I think there's so many examples in Scripture. Luke 15, right? Uh, The angels in heaven rejoice over one soul, right? There's a lot of rejoicing that happens in Scripture. And I think we got to do some more rejoicing when things like that happen. You know, like when... When people come home, when, when people come to their senses, when, when people come to their senses, when, when people hit that stage in their life where the light bulb comes off and they really start to see the way that I'm living life, it's not going to be sustainable. Like, I need a change. We need to celebrate with those guys because now they see it, man. You know what I'm saying? They see it. <clears throat> It's a it's a great and I can only speak as a minister. It is the greatest thing to see the light bulb go off. Just to see it go off, because when when the light bulb goes off, that that um, that patience that you had paid off. You know, then the the prayers that you prayed for them that they had no idea that you were praying for about them paid off. Now. The moment is here and now they're they're ready to open up to God and let God do his work. You know, and, and sometimes, guys, we can't let we can't let God do his work if we don't voluntarily let him do it. I think a lot of times what we what we tend to do sometimes is we let other people quote unquote convince us that we should be doing this, and so we'll follow the motions of it. So no wonder why the Lord's not changing us. Because it's not real. It's not real at all. It's an image. It's a facade. It's, it's a picture. It's a it's a mirror. It's not it's not real. But when you get to that state where sometimes what has to happen, guys, with your friends like this who've given up on themselves, sometimes either one of two things has to happen. Sometimes, because of their choices of what they're doing, sometimes life has to literally give them a knockout in order for them to just lay there and just realize, I don't want to stay here anymore. Or, or, instead of being knocked out, they do some real contemplation and they do some real prayer and some real study. And they say, man, I need to switch it up. I need to switch it up, man. I, what I'm doing right now is not the move. <laughs> it's not the move. It's not working. And so, you know, we just need to be ready. I think a lot of times what we tend to do is we tend to force the issue too much. How come you how come you don't see it? I, I want you to see it. You know, I, <clears throat> I need you to see it. You know, we kind of overbear it a little bit too much. And there's a place for teaching it. But sometimes you can't smother because when you smother, it's like they they run away faster, (laughs) which hurts them more in the long run. And so sometimes, you know, um, that the patience aspect of it is tough. The teaching aspect of it, along with the patience, is tough, too. You never stop teaching. The prayer aspect of it, it has to be consistent. You know, I think about the persistent widow. No matter what happens, she just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. That's what we got to do, too. You just got to keep praying that, Lord, I hope one day they see it. Lord, I hope one day that maybe you'll reveal in their lives whatever they need to see. Lord, I hope that you'll help them open up their eyes, open up their hearts. I mean, you you have to be consistent with that, and that's hard. It's hard being consistent in prayer when after you prayed your heart out for people, then nothing changes for weeks, months, and years. It's 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 extremely difficult. I've heard stories of mothers praying like that for years for their children, and then one day they just they've just had it with life, and they finally said, "You know, Mom, I'm ready. I want to study. I want to know more about God. I'm, I need to change," and they change think about the satisfaction that that brings to, to that that mother's heart think about that satisfaction it would bring to you when you help your friend so what we need to be guys we need to be we need to be the olive branch that they know they can come to and here's what I mean by that so that parable in Luke 15 after everybody else left him who's the first person he remembered? I'm gonna go back to my father. You know what type of person you should want to be? And the type of person I'm trying to be. It's no matter where somebody's at in their life. When they're done doing what they're doing, to be like, let me call them. Let me text them. Let me study with them. For them to, to, for them to know that. I'm not gonna force this olive branch. When, when you're ready, it's strong enough to pull you back out of that quicksand. And so the thing about the prodigal son, I heard this quote the other day. And the quote was like this. It said, be careful, be careful what you throw away. Because when um when you think. When you leave something good for something better. Then something better has already found something good. And so sometimes what the prodigal son did. He left something that was better for something that was good. But then when good ran out, money, friends that were hanging around all the time people always just there, people always just saying you're the greatest thing and supporting you all the time, but now they leave. Now he realized, I traded something better for something good. So the sunset I need to go back to better. And that's a part of that patience, guys. That's a part of the patience. <clears throat> and so this topic, guys, of you may have given up on yourself, but I haven't given up on you yet. And so let let's be that type of friend, let's be that type of brother, that type of sister, um, those type of brethren where we can we can help each other out. You know, it, it takes patience, it takes prayer. Um, it's difficult at times. You you have to make sure that you stay in the word, you know, so that you won't be overtaken. You know, you have a responsibility too. You know, you've got a responsibility to stay strong. So <clears throat> I hope that, you know. As you think about your friends and your brethren, people that you know locally, family, you know, as you think about those people, I hope that this was able to kind of change your mindset on how you need to approach this moving forward. And I hope that um, looking at Luke 15, looking at Timothy, looking at the father in Luke 15 looking at all these verses that we referenced and looked at to study. I hope you can go back and look at those to see the attitude that we need to have to help our brethren when they when they don't. To help our brethren, <laughs> that's interesting. To look at what we need to do to help our brethren when they don't want your help. That's crazy. Sometimes what we got to do, we got to look at the father in Luke 15. We got to look at Timothy How do we help our brethren when they don't want your help? That's crazy. That's a great thought, though. So this is what happens. How do you help your brethren when they don't want your help? Be patient with them. Offer offer the rope to them. And then if they accept the rope, celebrate with them. That's what the Father did in Luke 15. And that's what we should do, too. So... (laughs) That was actually a really good study for this late. That was great. I was surprised I was able to keep cognitive function for this long. That was great. You know, I hope that you guys are able to benefit from that. Um I'll probably go on and release this now too, so you have it in the morning, Lord will. Um But yeah, I, I just hope that this was able to benefit you as we talked and studied and um you know, I, I would love to continue to pray for you and your friends. And your brethren, your family, you know, if you have those requests, let me know. I'd love to, you know, aid you in that in that prayer process. Um, I'm just looking forward to to help in any way that I can. So, <clears throat> again, this is just audio portion. There'll be no um, there'll be no YouTube video for this one when it comes out. So it's just audio. But I uh, appreciate you all. So, Lord willing, uh, we'll be back on Monday with another podcast. Thanks, guys.